It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's Professor John Tong very patiently waiting to speak to us. Professor of Politics, regular commentator here on the programme. MPs will debate on legislation that could allow, indeed would allow, for a further delay to the Northern Ireland Assembly elections. It would push the date back until at least the 21st of October and another delay could be possible until early stages of next year. Now, the Electoral Commission has weighed in saying it's very concerned by the proposed move, but the Northern Ireland office uh, uh, said it's something of a sensible contingency plan, I think is the term they used in the absence of devolution. Now, the decision to attempt to fast track the legislation, it has come in for significant uh, criticism uh, from a number of MPs and of course there have been calls to uh, legislate for issues like same-sex marriage and abortion in Northern Ireland if Stormont does, doesn't actually return. And even the former Attorney General Dominic Grieve, he said that the bill could be a perfectly legitimate place to consider ways to block a no-deal Brexit. He's raising this because he believes Northern Ireland would be the most affected and there's a good chance that a no-deal Brexit could actually end Northern Ireland's part in the Union as people take more of an interest in a united Ireland. All of that and John Tong. John, good morning. Good morning. John, when we look at it, we can't help but think that if we believe all the commentators that the Secretary of State either doesn't really know what she's doing or she's in such a bind that there's nothing she can do <laughs> It's probably a bit of both to be honest, to be honest Frank I mean in terms of, in terms of the, the idea this is a contingency plan it's certainly a contingency whether it's a plan is another matter you've got to remember the original legislation in terms of Stormont which required the Secretary of State to call an election when an executive could not be formed. But it didn't actually specify the time limit in which a Secretary of State had to call at that election. Uh, and so Karen Bradley let it drift as long, as long as she could, and then legislation came forward extending this ill-defined period anyway by which an election should be called. And the latest legislation, as you say, will give her breathing space until the 21st of October with the option, which is likely to be, t- to be taken up of the option of a further delay until the 13th of January 2020. Who here really thinks that, that there's going to be elections in that period? Because the question begged is, well, what, what would elections solve anyway? Because the chances are the DUP and Sinn Féin would, would top uh, the poll uh, in that election and the same issues would remain on the table, uh, un- unresolved issues. But 
the language from the Electoral Commission, the body that oversees elections uh, in the UK, was very, very strong in uh, condemning this move, in raising questions about its democratic legitimacy, because you cannot c carry on with a situation in which you, you postpone elections that really should have taken place within a few months of March 2017, even if those elections might be pointless. You know, you are still supposed to have them. You can't, it's not good democracy to simply cancel elections because you fear that certain parties would win and the problems would remain the same. That's not the basis of a democracy. However, the other side of that coin is you're just wasting all our times by asking us to go to the polls to vote for exactly the same people again. Yes, I think that's true. I mean, the outcome, let's face it, the DUP would, would top the poll in the unionist community. Sinn Féin would top the poll in the nationalist community. No one seriously thinks there would be a different outcome. And how does that resolve the, the issues? Now, the talks process that's going on at the moment, insofar as there is a talks process, the, the mood music has been better. Remember, the politicians were somewhat shamed in many ways, back into action following um, the words that were said at the funeral of Lyra McKee after her, her killing. So... The, the mood music initially was certainly better. There's been talk of sort of breakthroughs on some issues. There's been talk of perhaps even such things as citizens' assemblies being created to help resolve what seem intractable issues um, on such things as an Irish Language Act. There hasn't been an attempt to bring back a three-in-one bill, which would include an Irish Language Act, uh, Ulster Scots, and a broader cultural bill, which was what the DUP briefly attempted to do but couldn't sell it internally at last time. But the issues are pretty much the same as they were. You know, you take your pick, uh, Brexit, um, Irish Language Act, same-sex marriage. The intractable issues remain intractable. I'm not sure that you're going to get much progress either over the next couple of weeks. You know, the sort of traditional insofar as it, it remains 12 fortnight. Uh, who really thinks there's going to be serious progress uh, over the next few weeks. So we're, we're heading probably into at least early autumn before serious talks uh, begin. Um, and at some point, perhaps the Secretary of State might be tempted to call an election, but, but why should she? Um, she has told us she's going to be the Secretary of State for several years to come. Uh, not many people believe that. But frankly, the government's got bigger things on its plate. The government um, will have a new Conservative leader on the 23rd of July, and he will be very, very focused upon Brexit to the exclusion of all else. Do you think the, the, the DUP will have some say in who the next Secretary of State would be? Would they have, would they have that much clout? Uh, they might have some counsel on it, but I mean the DUP has been very clear that the, the, the next leader of the Conservative Party is, uh, is a matter for the, um, the Conservative Party, <laughs> whilst favouring Boris Johnson uh, of the two, um, privately, and um, they may ad ad advise Boris Johnson on who a good Secretary of State for Northern Ireland would be. I think that'd be you know, quite interesting to watch. I mean, we'll know the next Conservative leader pretty soon, the 23rd of July. I mean, in effect, Boris Johnson is Prime Minister-elect, and he's going to have to be very, very quick in trying to reopen a negotiation over a withdrawal deal with Brussels that Brussels says is not amenable to being reopened and renegotiated. So that's going to consume his attention to the exclusion of all else. So I think there'll be a limited focus upon the Stormont talks anyway. I think the more interesting scenario is what happens to, the, to this legislation that goes through Parliament over the next couple of days, which gives Karen Bradley the space to, uh, you know, the space and potentially until next January before she has to call elec elections. And I take a, 
I think it's a fairly safe bet that there will be another extension to that 13th of January 2020 uh, extension for elections uh, that goes through Parliament later in the year. But in terms of it, the interesting bit is what, what amendments are going to be tabled to this legislation. There's going to be a whole set of amendments which are going to be attempted to be tabled to this legislation that goes through Parliament over the next couple of days. First of all, you've got the pro-remainers. So Dominic Grieve is going to table an amendment which you know, has a chance of passing which would require Parliament to come back in October and debate the absence of Stormont if an executive has not been restored. Now, that's not just because Dominic Grieve is interested in Northern Ireland. He is, but it's a Brexit with no deal blocking device because Boris Johnson has not ruled out proroguing Parliament, getting rid of Parliament, suspending Parliament temporarily to stop Parliament blocking no deal. If Dominic Grieve can get it written into, into law that Parliament has to be around in October um, to debate Stormont amongst other matters, then that scuppers any chance Boris Johnson may have of suspending Parliament during that crucial period. So I think that's the most significant amendment of all that's going to be tabled over the next 48 hours. Uh, the Electoral Commission, would they, would they have a, a, an opinion on Boris suspending Parliament? Uh, the Electoral Commission is only responsible for elections, so whilst I'm sure the Electoral Commission might regard it as an undemocratic thing, it's not a parliamentary uh, overseer. So the Electoral Commission only uh, insists upon how we conduct elections. I mean, the Electoral Commission's main role would be in terms of Brexit. If there was to be a second referendum, I and mean, still can't rule that out, the Electoral Commission would ultimately decide the wording, what would be legitimate wording, what can go in the ballot paper, and how it, it can be, uh, how the referendum can be conducted. So that really is the Electoral Commission's role. I mean, in terms of the, the, the Dominic Grieve Amendment, I think it's a close call, this one, because there will be many on all sides of Parliament who will be very, very unhappy about the idea of proroguing Parliament to get rid, uh, to get rid of it, to allow no deal, a no-deal Brexit to go through. You know, it would be in defiance of Parliament, it would be in un, 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 unprecedented times. The point made by Dominic Grieve, the former Conservative Attorney General, is look, we, um, Brexit and Northern Ireland go together. Northern Ireland's the part uh, of the UK most directly affected by Brexit, and therefore what he's doing in terms of this amendment is perfectly legitimate. Now, it's not the only controversial amendment that's going to be, be tabled to this legislation going through Parliament over the next 48 hours, because you've got Conor McGinn, the MP for St. Helens North, who's saying that if there's no executive by October, same-sex marriage should be brought in to Northern Ireland should be, should be legalised. So he's saying, look, if nothing happens by the 21st of October, you know, uh, if, if his legislation passes, or sorry, if his, if his amendment passes, then same-sex marriage would be legalised. And it'd be again interesting to see how, how the voting uh, lines upon that. Then you've got amendments from Labour, well, from the Labour side, on, in terms of, int again, introducing abortion, uh, in legalising abortion in Northern Ireland if there's no executive in place. And you've got Michael Fallon's uh, amendment, the former Conservative Defence Secretary, which would distinguish between soldiers and terrorists and, to all intents and purposes, would prevent the continued prosecution of soldiers for what went on during the Troubles. So, you know, if you want contentious uh, parliamentary amendments, uh, you're not short uh, of action over the next uh, two days. Yeah, there's certainly plenty plenty to watch. John, good speaking to you. Thank you, thank you very much indeed. Pleasure. We'll get your reaction uh, to it uh, over the next uh, couple of days, but thank you. Uh, this is the U105 phone-in, if you're just joining us. Good 
Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com code SUMMER. Morning to you.